I'm Sandra Christian. Welcome to Self-Reflective Conversations, the podcast. Self-reflection is when you seriously take time to think about your character and behavior, analyzing where it comes from, what it means to you, is it working for you, and what can you do about it. And this journey starts now. Social environment. The immediate physical and social setting in which I lived was diverse and fragmented. I moved between conflicting norms, values, traditions, customs, beliefs, etiquette, and ways of life. My social setting as a child in South Africa was filled with differences. I lived in a colored area and went to an Indian school. So I had to adjust daily to the differences. Christianity and all the beliefs and traditions therein formed a big part of my social life in my colored home. Islam and Hinduism and all the beliefs and traditions therein formed a big part of my social life at my Indian school. This meant that constant adjustment became a way of life and there was no time or need to ponder on them. Acceptance of everyone and everything came naturally and easily. It was for this reason that moving to Europe was easy as well. I tended to move easily between cultures, languages, beliefs, and customs. And because of this, my beliefs in God, in myself, and in others became what most people call flexible. I took on aspects of what I thought were the right norms and values from all the religions, customs, and behaviors of everyone and everything in the kaleidoscope of colors that I lived in. Here is where the question of identity comes in. Who or what do I identify with? All and none. Instead of giving me the feeling that I do not belong, I felt as though I belonged everywhere, but not all the time. Still, there are times when I question my identity, especially when I feel alone or stand out as being different. The deep-rooted assurance that I belong and I am okay is something that comes and goes, and I live in the hope that one day this assurance will stabilize and become a constant. I'm very pleased to have Tejas with us today as a special guest. Tejas, will you introduce yourself? Tell us who you are, where you come from, and why you have chosen this topic as one to discuss today. Good morning, Sandra. It's uh, my pleasure to be here today with you. My name is Tejas Kundalia, and I come from a very beautiful country, India. And I have been living in Europe since 2004 and in Netherlands since 2011. The reason to choose this topic is I come from a completely different environment, the way I grew up. Living in Europe, that's also another world for me. Living between two worlds, that's how I feel. I grew up a lot and keep learning many things about both culture. Outside, there is some good, some bad, and that helped me to improve myself. So this is the reason that I have chosen this topic. Could you explain to us what the social environment was like that you lived in? 
India is a huge country with big population and uh, yeah there is a lot of politics corruption many religion so it's a lot of variation there there are set of values different religions however but there are set of values and tradition it is not strict environment one side but another side you have to follow the tradition if you say that there are different religions and different values and culture does the culture the indian culture go across all the religions or do you have different cultures in the different religious groups there are different culture and depend on different region considering the religion if it's muslim or hindu make it different but also depend on where which part of india are you in if you are in metro city or if you are in small village that's make also its difference in culture because uh, there are strong set of tradition and values in different region can you describe for instance the set of values in the cities compared to the set of values in the rural areas india right now it's growing country developing country metro city it's developing very quickly and it has also now touch of like a western world so many things comes from here to there like technology and many other things at the same way it also becoming the culture like here people are very busy people are very forward they are open to say their uh, things what they feel while in uh, small villages or small places it is still like olden time that people follow the strong traditions for example women living in big city they have a bit more freedom than living in small villages so this is just one example there are various uh, various example that makes uh, life different in small villages and big cities can you explain how much more freedom a woman has in a city than in the rural side in big cities women are working too just like here they are free to choose what kind of work they want to do they have more freedom to decide their own things still it's not completely like here but it is much freedom than rural part of india rural part of india many women still doesn't work How does caste have a role in the differences between the cities and the rural country? It's a good question Sandra. In the big city like I said uh, it's more forward. The people less tend to go into casteism. People are more open in big city to different caste just like different religion. So it make it less difference in big cities while in a rural area strong cultural values traditions caste plays major role there for example uh, if people are going to get married in rural area they try to find girl or guy in the same caste could you perhaps explain what the caste differences are in india basically the concept of different castes come from the past long long ago during the king's time and it's based on uh, what person's role in social environment for example priest or the person who give advice to king they consider to be brahmin they know all religious thing also the advice to the king so they have a higher status then comes the warriors who and fight protect the land but this caste system what i explain give two example 
that is is from my region where i come from so different part of india there are some more caste but basically all the caste divided from the role the person had in social environment does that mean that the caste system also takes place in today's world in india certain people do certain jobs and other people don't in short it does still play some role but not as much as before because uh, like i said the india is a developing country right now very fast and it affect in all the areas and uh, regarding caste system government also trying to equalize it one way or another way but it is a huge country big population and strong culture so it takes uh, time to come over it completely and does the caste system also play a role in marriage either in an, an arranged marriage or in a love marriage again it uh, depend on uh, which area india we talking about because city it makes difference people are more tend to be open so arranged marriage that is because it's arranged so of course they look everything so they also try to look for the person in the same caste it goes out of caste when you fall in love with someone there you don't see the caste that these are the emotion that comes naturally so there comes sometimes the clashes because person fall in love with another caste and then family or society doesn't accept it and does that also apply to different religions is that also a challenge it does but also more or less it is changing but depend uh, for example if it's in a rural area where the strong culture and tradition is that is really difficult whether it's a different religion or different caste but if it's a bigger city or metro city it's different or bit easier to come over this obstacle of yeah caste or religion one of the big cultural differences between the western world and india is marriage in the western world people do not understand why there is an arranged marriage could you explain arranged marriages this was uh, what they don't understand in western world i think i had that dilemma also when i was a uh, young teenage time i was thinking too yeah why arranged marriage if i love someone i want to get married to someone who i love but all this year last 20 years i have been thinking like what is better arranged marriage why it's different than love marriage what i come to know the basic idea of arranged marriage is security that's what people miss here too and when you talk about security what do you actually mean let me explain you how arranged marriage work the family from both side from girl and men side come together they see both each other it's also about if they like each other it's not that they have to while family both side they see the background of both family sounds a bit weird but that is also to see in long term that how when both together family background they consider that it affects what is social status and uh, it's not necessary but just to make sure that the girl is going to the right place or with the right man so it is kind of security and the second part security i consider is of course both see each other first time so there is no love in starting and normally people think like here that i love this person 
I will be fine with this person. That's not wrong. But it starts with something different. It starts with love. While there, it starts with, okay, this is the person I want to spend my life with. doesn't matter what happened. It's just like when you, people get married here and what they say, yeah, I want to spend life with you no matter what. But saying is something else and prepare in mind it's something else. And that's what happened with arranged marriage. It doesn't start with love. It doesn't start with any expectation. Start with set of mind. And that's my opinion. I have learned thinking about it this 15 to 20 years. What were the things that you enjoyed about the environment you lived in? The best part of this environment every day is something different. Yeah, there is, like I said, a lot of variation, a lot of festival. Every day is different. And the biggest part I say I enjoy or I experience is the emotions. Just simple example, saying I love you, someone you love. We don't use those words often there. So it is a different way of expression there. Here we say it often, but there we just feel it. It's by doing the things. In 24 years, I was in India before going to UK. I don't remember I used those words. It's more about feeling than using the word. That's the one example of emotions. It can be care, it can be anger or anything. When you say it's about feeling, is it how you show your feelings to others? Is that what it is? The feeling comes from inside, naturally. I did your book last night and I exactly feel and understand what you write. And that's something I can feel, but to exp- you express it very nicely in two pages. The example I give you about I love you, you know, that's, that's, that's the simplest example. And the, the feeling, why we don't have to say that word, for example. We don't even think that we need to say that because we just express it naturally with doing things and feeling it. And it doesn't mean that my friend, my brother, oh, I have to buy this gift, I have to do this. You don't have to think anything. It just comes naturally every day in routine. If it comes naturally in your routine and you've been in Europe for quite a while, have you had challenges in that area being in Europe? Well, I have a lot of challenges. Uh, It's a completely different world for me. In the context of saying I love you, that sometimes feel like I have to. But still, most of the time, I say it when it comes naturally. But what I have seen here, I don't say that it's wrong. Yeah, this is different environment. So if you have to say I love you, it doesn't mean I'm saying negative. No, it's just different environment. And people grew up with that the way I grew up there. So it's nothing good or bad. Both are right on its own place. But that was a challenge for me. And it's more than, well, I love you is just example. But more than that, what I've seen when people to express feeling, sometimes it's difficult. I mean, I don't find that closeness here between people like that is in India. And it is not only particularly toward me, but also between people. That's my experience. People express their feeling, love, different emotions, but with distance or some restriction. What has that done in your relationships in Europe? 
do you find that you have difficulty connecting or have you been able to use your emotions to connect? Uh, honestly, I don't have difficulty in connecting. Yeah, I have to adjust, but that is something different. That's everywhere. You said in your book, the way I grew up in my environment, I'm also flexible. I don't have any personal boundaries. Hey, this person from this religion or coming from this country or there. No, I'm completely open to any person from anywhere in the world. So for me, I don't find difficult to connect. In fact, I'm curious to know about them. The same way I was living in India, I was curious to know about the religion, Christian, Muslim, Buddhism, Jainism. So same way here, like different people come from different country and it makes me curious. But the depth of closeness that I miss. When you talk about depth of closeness, can you try to explain that? The depth of closeness is related to the previous question of emotions, the way I felt in my country. And it is very difficult to express in words, but I will try my best. <laughs> okay. The depth of closeness, it's when I come to know someone, when I feel close, I don't have boundaries or, you know, I will do anything to go further. For example, if I like with, with, with friend or family here, there are set of sometimes rules or boundaries. Yeah, you shouldn't do this way or this way, that way, even if you have to express emotions. This is, this is like a root of your life. I mean, everyone. And many people who have been to India told me how they felt. And this is the thing they miss. That's what they felt in India. How they said, like, they want to go there again. And they just express in different words. But that concludes me with this. Like I said, consciously, unconsciously, people restrict themselves with different reasons. Or maybe they never experience it. I can talk about it because I have experienced it. You have experienced it. I was telling you about one example. I'm not sure it's related to it or not. I had one of a good colleague I used to know at work. Mm -hmm. And knowing three, four years, I met her parents one time. And I'm not used to buying gift or something. Here people do. I, I did something special for her parents. And they were surprised. Like, yeah, you don't even know us and why you go this far. So what I'm trying to say, it's not about the gift, but it's more about when you feel connected to someone or close. We don't have boundaries to do the things, no calculation. So actually what they experienced, it was not about the gift. Of course, that's the tradition here. But that extra mile or that warmth they feel, but also many times to uh, another example kind of is helping friends or other people when we really need don't go and think that i don't restrict myself about anything don't think of anything someone need help the person i care about just go for it but what i experience here majority people have their own boundaries for example maybe time boundaries maybe cultural boundaries maybe work boundaries, because they give other things more priority than really people that are close to you need emotionally. When you talk about boundaries, the boundaries in a culture like India, there are more boundaries. There are unseen 
boundaries as well. How do you deal with those unseen boundaries or even the ones that you do know? See, the one boundary, simple example, privacy. Many times I hear people here, oh, I need my privacy, my time. And uh, living 15 years in Europe, I understand that part too. The way life system here, people need that time, that privacy sometimes to have peace because they don't have basically peace. Why they need privacy? To have their own time for peace. But what makes me surprised is when I was living in India, or still now, if I go back, we don't need privacy. Why? We don't say, I need my time. We are always with family, friends, never alone. So why don't I need privacy there? Even myself here, sometimes I feel I need time alone. Forget about talking about other people, myself. What's the difference? But there you don't need privacy because you have peace, even people around. You can do your things, you feel calm. How is it that you have peace there where there are so many people around, but in Europe you find that you don't have the peace? Maybe I think, I think that what we talk in start, that you can express yourself easily, your emotions. You don't have to say the words, but just by doing, everything go with natural flow. When you talk about natural flow, I immediately think of resistance because you have a natural flow and you have a resistance. The resistance that I sometimes feel goes against who I am because I am somebody who also likes to go with the natural flow. When you look at that, do you see a challenge in your natural flow here in your new environment? Yes. I held the resistance part, but in 10 years over the time, I developed some way to get adjust to it, but it's not completely like that it was in India. For example, we talk about privacy. One side, I'm in war about the privacy because one side, sometimes I feel I want time alone. But another side, I'm used to with people around and just be natural. So I also don't want to be alone. And that is my war in last two, three years. Now that you've been in Europe for quite a while, where do you feel most comfortable? Is it Europe because you've adjusted? Or do you still long to be in India? That's also another war right now for me inside because I find it difficult to decide that. Because now that I adapt the... Social environment here, I got used to with it too. So now if I go back to India, like last year, I was two months in India and I be myself, I liked it. But I was missing the part from here. And when I'm here, I'm missing the part from there. So right now, it's also a question for myself. If you look at your future, what would your ideal future look like? as far as social environment is concerned? The ideal future, I'm a very simple man. I like many things, but I like the life to be simple. So I don't expect many things. I would just say, you know, like I be with the people I care, family, friends. That's the most important for ideal future. That's how I think. No materialistic thing. Of course, work, house and other things important. 
those are the basis of the life. But what makes the life? It's people around you, surrounding. This is a beautiful way to end this podcast. Um, thank you very much for joining us today. You've given us some real good food for thought and lots of insights. I really appreciate that. Tejas, thank you very much for joining us. And I look forward to having you in future. Thank you very much, Sandra. And some part of me, I have also explored through this conversation and make me think further. So I really appreciate it. And thank you very much. I'm Sandra Christian, and you've been listening to Self-Reflective Conversations, the podcast. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. If you haven't yet, go to Apple Podcast or CastBox and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Join me next week for another Self-Reflective Conversation with one of my special guests. Thank you for listening.